Vikings fishing. If you want to know what you've been missing, call on the guys that'll make your line tight. Call Bernie Bass and the captain, all right? That's Bernie Bass and the captain, that's right. Now they're the guys that old fish fear. They're both known far and near. Ask them what's right, they'll tell you what to do. Ask them what's wrong, well, they'll tell you that too. Bernie Bass and the captain, that's right, Bernie Bass. And the captain, all right, Bernie Bass. And the captain, that's right. They'll keep your line tight. Bernie Bass and the captain, that's right. Welcome to the Tight Line, right here with Bernie Bass and the Captain. This week, we are going to get to know the Captain. As everyone knows over here at the Tight Line, we touch upon all aspects of the fishing industry and the people who make up the industry on Long Island. Also, everyone that tuned in week one knows we didn't really get to give you the full background on my co-host, the Captain, during week one, as he had COVID-19 and couldn't do the first show. So over here at the Tight Line, we thought it would be fitting to have a show dedicated to just the captain as he has run the full gamut in the industry from recreational fishing, commercial fishing, and dive charters, and even owning a fish store at one point in his life. Uh, all right, Captain, you want to give me a little background after I just gave that background? Sure, Bernie. Thanks. Uh, this should be interesting. Um, yeah, I started out uh, like a regular little kid, like a Dennis the Menace kind of kid, and <clears throat> my dad was possessed with fishing and particularly blue tuna, bluefin tuna fishing. So he, we used to go to Montauk, and <clears throat> we had a 41-foot Chris Craft boat, and we would live on that boat. And my mother and my two brothers, we would live on the boat. My dad would go tuna fishing each, uh, each day with his friends. Oh. <clears throat> so, you know, me being me, I was like, I wanted to be like that, and all the big Yachts would go out and the fishing boats would go out and I would take my brother and we would take this little dinghy that my dad had gotten us, little 12 foot dinghy with a six horsepower, and we'd go into Montauk Lake and actually troll for snappers. Oh, wow. And uh, it, was, uh, it was our little way of being the big boys and we would just slaughter them and come back with buckets full. Oh, that's great. So like many people like myself and you, you basically snappers was kind of like your first experience fishing it's always a great way to get kids involved in fishing because you know it's always like consistent action now did you do a lot of crabbing and all that kind of stuff like i did and clamming as a kid and you know not so much clamming as a little kid as a little kid in montauk on the dock we would um <clears throat> the squid would come under the lights at night so we would jig for squid which was always exciting and then um <clears throat> we also would catch shiners with like a little wholesale net and my dad would eat everything every single kind of seafood you could imagine he would eat the only thing we couldn't figure out how to eat was spider crabs we could never make them taste good but everything else we ate so we would fry up the uh the shiners i would my mom gave me a little electric fry pan and i would sit on the dock and <clears throat> i actually would cook up the shiners right there on the dock with a little flour and a little egg and passerbys would try them and it was really my first little uh experience uh frying fish it's so funny you mentioned that about the shiners because i remember as a kid growing up 
my neighbor, we'd come home with the bag of Shiners, and he'd be like, oh, you fry those up in the pan, they taste just like French fries. I thought he was always kidding, and you have now made that it's, he wasn't joking around, that people actually did that. Yeah, yeah, and we used to get some really big ones, like four inches, <laughs> three inch Shiners that you could actually scale and gut, and de you know, it was a nice chunk of meat. Wow, that's really interesting. Now, did you spice them up with something, or you just fried them real quick? No, just an electric frying pan with a little bit of oil, and my mom would put me out there. And uh, I actually have a little sidebar here, quick, that uh, on our dock at Westlake Marina, um, Dick Cavett had his boat right behind our boat. Oh, wow. So I actually uh, he actually tried him a couple of times. <laughs> oh, wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you, this is going to be a great show uh, with you um, to get an insight into your life on, on the water. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the tight line. I'm sitting here with the captain, going one-on-one -on -one with him and get to know the captain. Uh, during the break, uh, I was talking a little bit to the captain, you know, off the air, and we found out that neighbor of mine that fried, told me to fry up the uh, shiners that taste like french fries, the captain actually worked for at one time. And I know he's a character, so let's hear something about him, Cap. What do you think? Working yeah, for him must have been a delight yeah he, working for eddie was quite an experience for me um i was a very go-getter so we left off before i was a little kid in montauk well in the springs and and in the fall when i was uh you know a, a 10 11 12 year old my dad had a partner and we had a wholesale bait business so we used to supply uh bait all different kinds of bait from freeport to montauk we had five tractor trailers, four trucks. We had a blast freezer that went down to 40 degrees below zero. It was, uh, it was a pretty big operation. And I was kind of the manager, being a little entrepreneur. Um, and my dad made me the manager. And we used to have kids come to the house and package bait in those little, you know, eight-ounce packages. We had, like, a little factory. And <clears throat> it was way back behind our house, so no one knew. And... <laughs> It was one of those things. So, so this guy, Eddie, uh, Bernie's neighbor, used to sell us, you know, different fish, basically shiners, bunkers, things that the uh, bait shops needed to throughout the summer to sell to their customers who were going fishing. So my dad one day says, you know, do you need any help? Or it was the other way around. Ed said, do you know anybody that would help me out? Because I guess his, his helper had quit. And you'll soon know why. Um, <laughs> so my dad puts me up like a like a horse trader and says, you know, hey, Ralph will do it. And I was so excited. He was going to pick me up at 5 o'clock in the morning, every morning, and we would go pick gill nets that were in the Great South Bay. And we would get weak fish and mostly bunker and bluefish and uh, sell it. <clears throat> and I would get my cu cut of the profit. So I did that for a few summers with Ed and many many a morning he wouldn't show up and get me and you know we would get a late start or it was a very inconsistent job for me but i learned a lot and i learned how to hang net and how to set net and though i never was a net fisherman after that i was appreciative of what he had told me <laughs> that's funny he was a character he was a character all right listen i have to be honest i don't think i know anyone that has the diversity and experience you have in the industry. Uh, with that being said, of all things you have done or continue to do in the fishing industry, 
what has been the most rewarding thing you've done like over the years and what are some things you're happy you're not doing anymore or want to stop doing? Okay, let's start with the things I don't want to do. Um, <clears throat> I, don't, I didn't like staying inside being a, I had a fish market uh, and I didn't really like staying inside for so many hours. I was very, you know, <clears throat> adamant about cleaning the place, keeping it clean. I had a really nice fish market. So it, took, it was a 12 hour day. So it was, you know, six to six kind of thing, minimum. And inside that, twice a week, I would drive to Fulton Fish Market and purchase the fish that wasn't local. So the red snapper, the halibut from the West Coast, I really had a nice selection at my market. And uh, back in 19, early 80s, it was, uh, you know, it was a really good challenge for me to always have the freshest fish around. So that was, I really enjoyed that uh, part of it, the fish buying part of it. I really feel like I'm a really good buyer. I can tell fresh fish from not fresh fish. I can tell how it was cared for, if it was cared for, if it was cared for properly, and how old it is, and... You know, I'm very a stickler about super, super fresh fish like sashimi. So you're happy you're out of that, though? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I liked some of the customers. I didn't like other customers. You know, some people are just crabby and grumpy and, you know, complain all the time. Some people are really nice and very positive And, you know, a day was a day. But um, in the long run, being inside, being an outside person and being inside for that many hours was uh, started to make me depressed. So as much as it was rewarding, it was torture being indoors. Right. So what's something now like you're happy doing? Well, it totally swung where I was outside all the time and I was commercial fishing right after that. So <clears throat> that was that was not as lucrative, but it was very exciting. More rewarding in your mind, though. As yeah, far as, but you know, not the Keeping bank. the head clear and not being stuck indoors, things like that. Right, and, and no people. You know, out in nature, I go out to the canyon for three days and, <clears throat> you know, it was just porpoises and whales and, you know, a few birds. All right, well, you know, everyone I usually meet when it comes to fishing always has, like, a favorite target species. Um, for me, it's striped bass, and, you know, most of you know that who are out there, and the captain knows that. But I also do, like, enjoy catching those false albies when they come in in the fall. Um, is there a specific fish, going back to when you were a little kid to now, that you always just had a soft spot for that you enjoy catching or something like that? Well, I got quite a few, actually. Um, growing up bluefin tuna fishing, if you watch Wicked Tuna, um, you know that those are powerful fish. And my dad was totally obsessed with catching those things every season. And back then, there were a lot of bluefin off Block Island, so we could get there. We, from Montauk, it was the easy, you know, we had a fast boat. So um, my dad was the first one to put a fighting chair in the front of a center console as a vat. Um, now it's a pretty standard thing if you fish for those big fish out of center consoles. Actually, the whole thing has changed where the pole is now in the rod holder and you don't even fight the fish like we used to in a fighting chair. So that changed. But back then, you know, you, when you went tuna fishing, you do need more than one person, especially if you're, you're fighting it in a fighting chair. So <clears throat> he would recruit me or my brothers and we were the reelers. So we're in the picture with the big fish, but it really takes a team of guys to catch a, you know, bluefin tuna. Well, the tuna bite last season was off the hook. Um, you know, do you think there's any reason why specifically it was really off the hook as the way it was last year? 
No, most most fishermen feel like everything cycles. You know what I mean. So you'll you'll you know, oh, if you look at a thirty year history, you see years where there was building up, and then there was a really good year, and then it started to wind down, and then there were some lean years, and then it comes back. You know, you can't always blame it on human activity or the weather or whatever. It just might be nature. You know, but um, the bluefin, there's a lot of little bluefin, but the giant bluefin, there's, I don't think, you know, the stock is as big as you would like. And it was good closer to shore this year, right? This past season? Yeah, the bluefin come in, you know, a little closer. They're not, they're, they like colder water than the yellowfin and the, uh, the big eye tuna. So they, uh, yeah, guys inshore, we catch bluefin. And um, commercially, I can't keep any bluefin that's under 72 inches so that's a big fish so i don't target bluefin anymore that's just a part of my past all right great information right there we'll be right back hey everyone welcome back to the tight line we're here with the captain we're going one-on-one -on -one with him this week uh captain we'll be right with you but first uh we got to go to some happenings around the island once again, I'm going to talk about Bill Wetzel's Surf Frats Ball Tournament. We'll get underway June 1st and end July 3rd. All proceeds for the tournament go to Kids Need More Charity. You must be a member of the Surf Frats Ball to enter. Membership is $35 and gets you entry into the tournament as well as other perks. So once again, head over to www.surfratsball.com to sign up. If you're a serious surfcaster, this is the tournament you do not want to miss. I say it each and every week, and I'll be saying it right up till the tournament starts. I will also post the information on the Tightline Instagram page at Tightline WRIV Radio. And June 3rd is the Manhattan Cup Catch and Release Tournament. This is New York City's exclusive catch and release tournament. The contest benefits service veterans and the Fisheries Conservation Trust. Visit www.manhattancup.com for more information. And that happenings was brought to you by ODM Surf Rods and Fat Cow Fishing Products. All right, brings us to the catch of the week, sponsored by Professional Care Physical Therapy of Riverhead and Patchog. Check them out for all your physical therapy needs and check out their website at professionalcarept.com and also sponsored by Tightline's Bait and Tackle SAG, Harbor, New York. If you'd like to be a weekly winner, send your pictures of your catch via email to tightlinewrivradio at gmail.com or via direct message on Instagram at tightlinewrivradio. Our contest winner this week is Brian Stevens from Lindenhurst, New York. His entry of an early season fluke won him a fat cow fishing prize pack. Thanks for listening and thanks for entering the contest. Want to be a winner once again? Send your catch pictures to tightlinewrivradio at gmail.com or via Instagram direct message at tightlinewrivradio. Next week, we will also be giving away a fat cowfish fishing prize pack. I will tell you this, once again, we still have not received any pictures from kids with fish or women involved in fishing. I want to see them. Get in the game. Let's go. It's time. Okay, now, for our last cast, which is sponsored by Miller Place Bait and Tackle and SNS Bucktails, my last cast this week is about a little incident I had on the beach. Uh, I ran into a seal. I didn't literally run into him. He was laying on the beach, and we were just walking along. However, um, you know, it was one of those things where if you see something, you say something. I did call the Riverhead Foundation. I did report the seal. You know, I always say, you know, you're going to, what's nice about if you're on a beach or a boat, you're going to run into a lot of marine related life out there. And if, you know, you do see something that might look like it's in distress or something like that, you know, give the right people a call. You know, I did. We found out um, that seal was a harp seal. 
that shouldn't be really here at this time of the year. They should have gone on their way um, because they are from up north, so they were going to monitor it. Um, I happened to actually go back to that beach the next day, and the seal was gone, and I did follow up with the Riverhead Foundation, and they um, did tell me they didn't get no other reports of that seal, so that was a good thing because I know a few weeks previous they did release a harp seal, so they were concerned that that might have been the seal. But, um, you know, what do you think, Cap? You've seen other marine life while you've been out there on the boat. Yeah, it's mostly the seals in May. You would think they have left already, but uh, I've seen them in Shinnecock Bay, um, some of the harbor seals as well. They're, uh, you know, some of them lag behind, so they're not necessarily sick. But I did, a couple of years ago, find a sick one on the beach. I was driving on the beach, uh, had aired down. Good, I'm glad, finally. <laughs> yeah, didn't get stuck that day. And uh, we did see a seal that looked like it was in distress. And when we called, they said no. Someone had already called. They had checked on it. It was just super, super tired, and it was resting. So it looked like it was sick, but it wasn't. All right, Cap. Um, so what do you think? You, you like that? You see something, say something. We hear that all the time. I think you just got to be aware and try to help out when you can. Yeah, it's great with cell phones now. You can just you know Google what you need to do, and it's done. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay, before you went, we went to break, you were talking about how, you know, certain fish that you uh, enjoy catching a species, and you said you had a few. You spoke about one. What's another one you uh, enjoy? Yeah, so I don't really giant bluefin tuna fish anymore, uh, but I do have a green stick on my boat, which is great for yellowfin and for uh, big eye, and that's kind of exciting. Um, sometimes you see that on wicked tuna. Uh, you'll get like five out of the seven hooks. You'll get five fish on the same line. So that's a, that's always a battle. That's kind of cool. You know, if they're not big enough, it's easy to take the hook out and release them. They're fine. So that's 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 a real fun factor kind of thing. I also enjoy tile fishing out in the canyon. Those are bottom fish. Um, the meat consistency is a lot like monkfish. So, you know, that's kind of fun because you use a GPS and plot the bottom and try to see where they are and find them in the spots where they live. And... Um, you know, I have electric reels, which is kind of cheating, but, you know, it isn't. Hey, you got to so, do what you got to do, right? You know, the water's deep, sometimes 900 feet, 12, you know, and and, and uh, it's all about catching the fish for the restaurant anyway. No, I, I totally hear you. I'm just going to send out a few thank yous. I want to thank the main show sponsors, Braun Seafood, Blue Sage Day Spa, Whitewater Outfitters, and Captain, you obviously know the routine. When we have guests on, even though you're not really a guest, but just today you happen to be a guest because I wanted to, you know, do this because you didn't get to really get a full introduction your first week. I thought it'd be a good idea that we, over here at the tight line we did it with with you. Um, you got to give me a little story, a little funny story or something um, that All right. has happened over the years. You ready? All right, so let's go back to work working with Eddie. Okay. Okay. So Eddie 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 picks me up. He's getting a lot of airtime. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he picks me up and he's uh, he's drunk and we we go fishing. And uh, he, he takes me out there, and he, he basically fell asleep. And um, it was bad. You know, I had, a, I had a, the little kid had to drive back in, and he slept in the boat, laying on the net. We never even set the net, you know, and I, huh. had, to, and I had to walk home. That's really unfortunate that he put you in that position. Yeah, but I look back at it now, and it was nothing happened. No one got hurt, and uh, it was interesting, you know, for a little kid to, to be put in that situation. But... Scary as well. Scary as well. Yeah, there were more stories, but okay. Um, anything else you want to add? No, no. Um, I'm good. I'm looking forward to the fishing season. Um, I'm hoping, like you said, that the tuna fishing season this year is as good as last year. That the fish come inshore for the recreational guys, so they don't have to go all the way to the canyon. 
the bluefin fishery is really a fun fishery where for families and for uh, for guys getting out and really in, you know catching a fish that really battles like a big striped bass or a tuna even fights more you know excellent it's great having you on as a guest slash host today uh, you know for the tight line how did you feel about it good yeah yeah I feel good I, I love uh, I love it all right so this wraps up this week's show for Bernie Bass and the captain have a great week and I hope you'll tune in next week please check us out anytime at tightline WRIV radio on Instagram and for all upcoming show information please feel free to email us at tightline WRIV radio at gmail.com with any comments or suggestions we're casting off from WRIV radio your hometown station all local all the time and always remember treat people with kindness and thank a veteran and coming up next week another special guest we are casting off here from WRIV and the tight line See you next week.